pump the brakes right there, everyone. Welcome to the show. I think we had enough of natural high. I think a lot of people in the world should be more on a natural high. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Can a Player Play. This is your host, Lamont Patterson, along with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Matthew Anderson. It's always on point with everything. Good day, good day. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Good to hear your voice. Good to be heard, sir. Good to be how's heard. Your, how's your you know? mouth feeling? How's your tooth doing? I know you were in pain all week. Oh, well, thank you for bringing that up, man. I'm sure I'm going to get a whole bunch of sympathy on the show today. And um, You should get some sympathy. You need it. I'm going to give out my address for donations and all that good stuff. A root canal is a painful thing, man. It's expensive, uh, too. Uh, yeah. That part right there. That part right there. <laughs> well, I feel bad for anyway, you. Well, anyway, you know, I'm big boy. You know, I put on my big boy pants and my big boy shoes, and I went on through it. You did? Yeah. Well, that's good. good. That's good. Well, well we, we got somebody today can help you get a new attitude, I think. Well, I know she probably can. We'll introduce our guest, man. Well, Gina, are you with us? Gina? I am. Hi, Gina. Welcome. Can you hear me? Mic check one, two. Hi. <laughs> I can hear you fine. Loud and clear. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, it's, it, it's a beautiful day to be heard as well. You're absolutely right. That's good. Gina, um, I'm going to introduce you and tell the, the listeners who you are, and then we're going to ask you about a million questions, Okay. I'm excited, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. I just want to make sure I get your last name right. It's Gina Destito. That is correct. Right? Destito, yes. Okay. Yes, Destito. Okay, so today we have as our guest Gina Destito, certified clinical hypnotherapist, the a neuro linguistic programming uh practitioner an emotional freedom technique practitioner. She's also a certified colonics therapist, which I am sure Lamont is going to want to know about that. That's the only one that I do know about. (laughs) That's the only one I do know about. A nutritional homeopathic health and wellness practitioner. And she's been doing colonic therapy since 1997. So I'm going to, we'll talk about it in a minute. Gina is a health and wellness practitioner and a certified colonic therapist. She's sought to learn and educate people worldwide on alternate methods of mindset, shift, healing, and natural wellness modalities. Her own serious ill uh, sorry, her own serious injuries over the years and health issues led her to search for her own personal wellness and healing. She has a passion to share, educate, provide information, and the tools to shift and change your mindset in moments to reflect the authentic reflection of your authentic self. One interesting thing about Gina, in addition, is she comes from a long Italian heritage and has traveled the last three years in Europe. And she states that the Mediterranean diet is heralded as the secret to longevity and health. Well, you're not going to get any arguments from me about that. So, Gina, we are happy to have you. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, and I am really excited. I want to do Gina know how to make spaghetti. You don't call it spaghetti, you call it sauce. In fact. Yeah, you make it the sauce. <laughs> In fact, uh, it, it's a prerequisite as an Italian. You have to be able to be able to, you know, sauté the onions and put the garlic and make the sauce. I, I know. I, I just felt I just felt so moved just to throw that one in right there for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are talking about colonics, right? No, we're not. We're talking about how <laughs> does the body. <laughs> we'll get to the colonic stuff later, just in case he needs a little help there. But um, 
Gina, um, we were talking over the phone um, the other day, the three of us, and you had some interesting things that uh, you were sharing just briefly in the phone conversation. And so I guess the first question I have for you is how does the mind process work? Um, what, what, what are you talking about when you talk about mindset and mind process? Well, it's very interesting, and I'm, I'm really uh, – thank you very much for bringing that up because the idea of how the, the mind processes um, – and here's a really quick, fun uh, thing that we can do over the phone and even with your listeners. So if I say to you, don't think of a blue tree, whatever you do, don't think of a blue tree, it's literally impossible because you're – picturing of your mind absolutely comes to a blue tree. And the reason being is that the mind actually does not process the conjugation uh, of the word don't. So case in point, if I ask you to, okay, everybody thinks of the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Okay, the Golden Gate Bridge, you know the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, what Mm -hmm. you've done is you've actually pictured a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. Maybe you saw the red or the bridge or the expanse or the fog around it or maybe even the blueprints of the Golden Gate Bridge. However, you pictured it. You did not see the word actually spelled out in front of you, Golden Gate Bridge. And interestingly, the mind actually, no matter how old you get or how, what your IQ is, if you're Einstein or Stephen Hawkins, the mind actually always is working in pictures and it's either plus or minus two years. So you're literally thinking in pictures of approximately a six-year-old, plus or minus two, so either four years old or eight years old. So everything is pictures. And so with that, do you remember a a driving uh, campaign that they had, Don't Drink and Drive? Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, that idea of don't drink and drive and the mind not processing the word don't, what are the last words you hear? Drink and drive. Mm-hmm. Well, it was an incredible success of a rise of DUIs and drinking, <laughs> driving, and where it said don't drink and drive. So what were people doing? They were drinking and driving. And then they changed the campaign to drink responsibly. And there was a significant drop in the amount of DUIs because Mm -hmm. the mind processed drink responsibly. It's very interesting when you start uh, thinking about those things because what about us as parents? What are we telling our children to do on a regular basis? We're just saying, don't run. Well, if the brain does not process the word don't, what do they hear? The very last word, run. Or don't touch that. Exactly, they hear touch that. So just let's say if you guys go to a stadium, an event, they will say, please walk to the nearest exit. What was the last word you heard? Exit. Exit. Exactly. So the idea is that when you are speaking, using the words specifically associated with the picture of what you choose to put in front of that person, and the very last word is incredibly demonstrative on you getting your point across. So you'll never be in a stadium and they will never say, please walk don't run because what's the last word you heard run 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 part so isn't that very interesting how that works right mhm yes it is so if when you're speaking and you're looking to communicate to your uh, family to your your em- employer your, whoever you're looking to make that conversation with, speak in the terms of specifically of what you choose to say rather than the idea of conjugating those sentences and saying, don't, 
because they will not even hear that. It's amazing, isn't it? You just gave me some good ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why I'm here. Yes, you did. I don't know. A couple of people are Matthew said that kind of mischievous emails that say, don't shoot yourself. Don't shoot yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Don't don't shoot yourself. (laughs) When they say don't shoot, you you literally would say, want to say, you know, put the gun down (laughs) or step away from the gun (laughs) or get out of the way. You see, interesting how you can actually describe what you want to happen. So for things to happen, be very clear on what your statement is. So it sounds like it sounds like you have a lot of I know you do, but I mean, it, the way you're talking and paying attention to words like that sounds like um, someone who knows quite a bit about hypnosis and maybe even neuro-linguistic programming. Yes, absolutely, because words actually begin as thoughts, correct? Thoughts become Mm -hmm. words. And Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, when you take one letter and you put it after another and you put it after another, and we call it spelling, well, I want to give a metaphor to everybody. Be very mindful of your spelling because when you are spelling you're actually placing a spell on yourself and everyone around you. That is sincerely how words literally spell. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Particularly when people call themselves I remember themselves when names. we were watching... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Remember when we were watching uh, Bewitched for uh, the, that of us that might date us? Or if we have TV land, well, Bewitched, you know, she, she was always making her incantation and she would put a spell on somebody. And remember, there was the lovable character of Aunt Clara. Well, Aunt Clara, she would always get the spell wrong. She would always get the incantation wrong. So interestingly today, in the technology that we have, that everything is so quickly tweeted, everything is so quickly messaged, everything is so quickly viral, it is a positive to take a breath and to breathe and be mindful of what you say and what you put out there because your spelling is very powerful. And the words are are powerful also, but I like this idea of words create a spell that's an interesting play on that. That's nice. I like that. So how do you shift Isn't your mindset? Isn't that interesting? From, it just kind of makes you yes, breathe. How, how do you shift your mindset from, you know, when people will say to me, you know, I'm stuck in this mindset about myself or, or I'm sure I'm not going to get a job or I don't think this girl is going to go out with me or I can't be successful at this or that. I mean, how do you change your mindset? about, let's say, about yourself from moment to moment? Well, it's very interesting that you you brought that up because the idea that we are literally, truly bombarded with over 78,000 messages and advertisements a day. And if you say 78,000, how is that possible? Well, there is a huge amount that is subliminal, absolutely subliminal. And the idea of us being our own, having negative thoughts, it's approximately 20,000 negative thoughts daily that we are saying about ourselves. God, I'm always late. Um, I just can't lose weight. Oh, my goodness. They're going to they're gonna figure out I'm a fraud at work. Um, I, I can't get my act together, I, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's always this negative statements that we're saying to ourselves. So we really don't even have to give anybody else the opportunity to get in line because we are there. Ultimately, who do you end up talking to most? 
you end up talking to yourself, Mm -hmm. yourself. And interestingly enough, when, you know, the idea of permission, do you remember when we were all in, in, in school and you went to go on a field trip, you had to have what? You had to have a permission slip, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you got that permission slip and you ran home to mom and dad. Mom and dad signed that permission slip or you forged it. One of the two, but you were on that bus, right? Well, the same idea is going to stand right now. And I'm going to give this to all of your listeners and to yourself too, gentlemen. I have an infinite stack of permission slips right now, and I am handing it through the phone and through the airwaves, and it's coming to you right now. So I want all of your listeners and yourself, grab these permission slips because they are very, very heavy, and I want you to go ahead and I want you to put it in your pocket. So I want you to be mindful of which pocket you place it in and make sure that you all, you all stuff them in there really, really well. And now I want everybody to take a permission slip out of that pocket that they just put it in, and we're going to write out this permission slip. So just, just roll with this. Just take a big, deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, and just on a flat hand with whatever your dominant hand is, I want you to write on your hand just like if you were writing yourself a note on your hand. And I want you to say out loud, repeat after me, I am so grateful and joyful. I'm so grateful. Now that and joyful. And joyful. Now that I've given myself permission. Now that I've given myself permission. To be at my highest joy. To be at my highest joy. Okay, now I want everybody to blow that out like they're blowing a a kiss off their hand. Just blow it out into the universe right now. Blow it up into the sunshine. Blow it up into the the sky. And just take a big, deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. I want everybody to just feel how that feels, how you just literally proclaimed and said out into the universe, out loud, and you actually heard it, and you felt it, and you wrote it on your hand that you just gave yourself permission to be in your highest joy. How does that feel? I like that idea. Now, I want everybody to... You like that? You like that? I want everybody to... Yeah, except for one thing. Except for one thing, Gina. Lamont didn't say it out loud. He was too shy. (laughs) No, I I wasn't shy. I just just didn't want to sound like an echo. Yo, well, it could have been uh, a duet. That's okay. You can. <laughs> well, I want everybody to think about now that uh, I want them to, you know, point to their, their, their pocket that they put those permission slips in. So I want you all to think about that. If I said that you put those permission slips on the table that's in front of you, you would all say, no, I didn't put them on the table. They're in my pocket, Right. Mm-hmm. And you're pointing yep. to your your pocket that you put in. Do you put them in there? So if I said, well, you want to go ahead and put them in the chair across the room, you'd say, no, no, they're not in the chair. They're 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 in my pocket. They're right here in my pocket. Right. Okay. So if I were to say to you, Lamont, in ten years, I'm going to call you up at three o'clock in the morning and say, Lamont, where are those permission slips? In that infinite stack of permission slips. You're going to tell me. They're in your pocket. They're in your pocket. So this is what I want. Here's the idea to bring it all home, all of your listeners and yourself. The way the mind works, I basically handed you nothing over through the phone and through these airways, and you put nothing nowhere. But everybody's mind knows exactly where they are. And that's how the Mm -hmm. mind works. It does not matter if I actually handed you a piece of paper that said permission slip. So this is the first step, as you were saying, how do we get to that next step of how can we break through in a matter of moments? And it's literally 
giving yourself permission. Perhaps so how many the times permission a day I, to say, hey, there's that, a new sh- As many permission slips as you need because you have an infinite stack of permission slips. Well, if I've got 20,000 negativities going on, lit- I think I better get to work with the process. <laughs> I know that's so hard, but I mean, well, that's you're a really find- powerful thing to do. Well, interestingly enough, what you just said is so hard. Actually, the idea is either you say it's going to be hard or you say it's going to be easy. At the end of the day, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay, so I want it to be easy to realize my highest joy. Don't talk yourself so you out of say, it before I'm you get so it. I'm so grateful and joyful. Realizing my highest joy <laughs> is easy. I want to remember easy. Realizing my highest easy. joy is easy. There you go. Right. So Don't okay, talk yourself out of it before you, you get it. your listeners all another tool. That's right. Okay. No, that was good. That so was the, good the other tool is to hit, exactly, to hit the easy button. You're absolutely right. Literally, physically, hit the easy button and just say that was easy. And wherever your hand is right now hitting Maybe is at the top of your thigh if you're driving a car or if you're at your desk. You know, literally saying that was easy. We're going to hit the easy button. That was easy. Now, I didn't say. The easy button's on the top of my bald head. Right. There you go. There it is. (laughs) My easy button. Top of my bald head is my easy button. The easy button. Hit Hit hitting the easy button. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that's easy. the people who are responding saying, oh, that's so easy. Well, the idea is not that potentially something wouldn't take some work or the idea that it might take some education or it might take some time or it might take some effort. But the idea that you're telling yourself, you know what, this is going to be easy. And literally by saying that and giving yourself that permission to hit the easy button, literally the brain does two things. It's there to doubt and ask questions. And when you begin telling yourself that there is a new sheriff on town in town, flag on play, there's not going to be any more negativity, we're going to go with your highest joy. Does that make sense? Yes. That's good. Is that helpful? Is that empowering? It is, boys, but it sure seems easier said than done for some reason. I guess the more back you do it. Back to the idea. Well, back to the idea. If you say it's going to be easy or you say it's going to be hard, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. So back to, well, it's easier said than done. Who are you having that ultimate conversation with? Yourself. Correct. So then Got perhaps it. the question to yourself <laughs> is not why am I doing this? Because the why is truly an endless abyss. It's like going down a, a, just a hole. The double entendre or the, the metaphor that I'm using is what matters. And when I'm using the word matter, let's say the chair that you're sitting in right now or the house that you're in, the actual physical matter. Mm-hmm. So instead of you asking yourself, why is this happening or why is this person doing this? Actually, the question should be, what do I need to learn from this? What do I need to know? Because the idea of what when you ask what you need to know, or let's say sticking with the conversation within yourself. So if you have this conversation of perhaps negativity in your mind or negative statements or limiting statements, limiting beliefs, and having Mm -hmm. this conversation with yourself and saying, what do I need to know about this? What do I need to learn? It's very interesting when you ask yourself that question, what do I need to learn from this? So even in the situation with your root canal that you just had, the idea when you ask yourself, what do I need to learn from this? Well, perhaps you're going to 
interestingly, begin to have that conversation. Well, you need to do all of the oral hygiene. You need to brush your teeth and floss your teeth and et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have that conversation with yourself. And then after you've had that conversation with yourself and you've learned what you need to know now, interestingly enough, with the pain that you were having, you can give it permission for it to leave because at this point that no longer serves you any benefit because now you need to know, you already know what you need to know. And that's how part of neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis is incredibly impactful with pain management, uh, impactful with stopping smoking, incredibly impactful with weight loss, and then stress and actually shifting habits and behaviors. Well, Gina, what is hypnosis? How does it work? And can anyone be hypnotized? I'm really glad that you asked that because hypnosis is actually the ultimate conversation with you having a conversation with you. And literally that idea of putting yourself in that, that zone, like when LeBron James is hitting that three points, he's literally in that zone. And when people say, well, I, I'm uh, concerned, can somebody control me? Back to you're having that conversation with yourself. There is no one or nothing on this planet that is going to be able to control you. So that conversation within yourself, it's all about just quieting the static basically around you, putting you, if you want to call it meditation or an idea of prayer. But what I want to ask you right now, most people understand the the idea or the metaphor is have you ever been driving your vehicle and you've driven your vehicle and you got out of your vehicle and you got to where you're going and then you just kind of stop and you think about the drive there and you you really do not even remember the drive. Has that Mm -hmm. happened to you? Oh, yeah. That actually is called highway hypnosis. It's when everything else around you is just quieted and you can actually let the conversation between yourself and yourself just really focus on what you choose to have that conversation with. So when people say, well, I don't know if it works or not, I basically present to yourself that well, you do have that conversation with yourself, right? (laughs) So when you think about it, wow, it's just me having a conversation with me? Yes, absolutely. And the techniques of a certified clinical hypnotherapist and a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. Interestingly enough, Tony Robbins has uh, been using hypnosis and NLP um, throughout the decades of his uh, personal assistance process. Interesting, huh? Yeah, definitely. I think, so, um, guys, I think we have another caller. Let me let them in. Let me have a question sure. or two. Call me, uh, 30 for Hello. the definition. 310, you're on. Hello. Yeah. Yawn, can I play a play? Come on, play. <laughs> Did oh, you have a good. question? You <laughs> can see what you want to play with. Uh, anyway, I guess she was laughing. I guess she pressed the number accidentally. Okay. Hello? Well, that was lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I seen her raise her hand. I thought she had a question. So, you so were Gina, saying a lot of was... people, 
a lot of people need to stop smoking. I think it's, and for many people, um, they don't find it easy. So how do you work with someone if they would like to stop smoking and they smoke a lot, say a pack a day? Well, interestingly enough, it has really no bearing on how much you smoke. When I work with clients that want to stop smoking or become a non-smoker, I also work with people that say, oh, can you hypnotize my husband or my wife to stop smoking? The first question you need to ask yourself is if you really, truly want to stop smoking. Statistics are that Smokers, actually, hypnotherapy is 85% effective with smokers becoming a non-smoker. The other 15% were people that really, they enjoy smoking. They enjoy holding the cigarette. They, they like the, the, uh, the way the, the smoke curls as they watch it. There are different affections that they have for smoking. Mm-hmm. Now, if yeah. you're truly at the scenario that you want to stop smoking, it's, it's a, uh, a, you know, something that does not reflect what, who and what you are anymore. The, the idea is as hypnotherapy is so impactful with that, it's a mind shift. And I also talk a good deal about quantum physics. And so the idea of a thought process of, let's say we're all in a vehicle right now. And we, this is what Einstein's theory of relativity. We all come to an intersection and we're in this vehicle. Well, if you make a left-hand turn, there is also a equal and exact reflective universe so if you made a left turn, and then there is that right turn. Do you all follow me? Yes. Okay. So the idea when you are, when I'm speaking with people that want to go through smoking sensation, that there is that left turn that you started smoking and you were smoking. Well, that equal and opposite reality is that right turn that you never smoked. So the idea is giving yourself that permission to shift into that reality that you never smoked. Does that make sense? No, I need you to tell me more about that. I don't quite understand that one. Well, if, you, if we were in an intersection, the way the E equals MC squared and the way Einstein had presented, you know, parallel universes, equal and opposite parallel universes. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. So if we were in a vehicle and we went to an intersection, we made a left-hand turn, there's also a reality where we made the right-hand turn. Does that make sense? Okay. So there was a reality so if I started smoking, there was another reality where I didn't start smoking. I was a non-smoker. Exactly. There was a reality was the that, you never, that you never smoked at all. You never okay. smoked. Does that make sense? Okay. So the idea of shifting yourself into that realm of that you never smoked, and now the visualization process begins of seeing yourself doing the things that you do, Oh. As you, that you never smoked. Perhaps that is drinking water. Perhaps that is walking around with a bottle of water in your hand. Perhaps that is running a marathon. Perhaps that okay. is taking a yoga class. It, whatever your idea is, that when you're shifting a, and I want to clarify what the difference between a habit and a behavior is. A habit is something that you do without realizing that you have a habit or you realize that you're doing it. So let's say if I was consistently scratching my nose and you said, Gina, do you know you're scratching your nose a lot? Do you you have a bite? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't realize I was scratching my nose. Well, it's a habit because I don't realize I'm doing it. 
once now that you pointed out to me that, you know, you're scratching your nose, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I scratched my nose. Well, now it becomes a behavior. Does that make sense? Yes. So the idea so the idea of when somebody says, Well, I have a bad habit, no, you don't have a smoking habit, you have a smoking behavior. So you behave, you go and you go buy your your cigarettes from the gas station, you have the interaction with the people that you're you're buying the the, the cigarettes from and you have the behavior that you walk outside of smoking section and then you're talking to people there, it is a behavior. It's, you know, oh, I have a cigarette after I have my meal or I have a cigarette with my morning coffee. But it's very interesting. The majority of clients that I speak to and I ask them, and you can all ask yourself, all your listeners can ask yourself, do you actually get up in the middle of the night for a cigarette. Now, at times, there might be people who say, yeah, I get up, I don't sleep that well, you know, I maybe sleep a couple of hours, and then I, I get up and I'll have a cigarette. But for the majority, the majority of the time, people say, oh, no, I go to sleep, and um, I wake up, and no, I never, I never wake up to, in the middle of the night to, to smoke a cigarette. Okay. And what I present to those people and I present to your listeners is that, well, then you're not addicted. This is not an addiction. And people say, well, nicotine is the most highly addictive drug out there. And I say, well, says who? You have tobacco companies putting it out there that it's so incredibly addictive. But the idea, what I present to you, if you were a heroin addict, that monkey on your back would definitely be knock, knocking at your door. So the idea, if you're not getting up in the middle of the night and smoking a cigarette, you, you can easily go ahead and give yourself that permission to, to shift your behaviors once you choose to give yourself the permission to do, to do that. Does that make sense? So question, so the people that that don't get up uh, during the night to smoke a cigarette, did they give themselves behavior not to smoke a cigarette during that time frame? Well, those are the people, what we were underscoring and what we were pointing out that people say, well, I am so addicted, I have to have my cigarettes all, all the time. So what I'm showing and what you're basically by that statement is saying that you're going at least eight hours or six hours without a cigarette. So it's the idea of embracing yourself as a non-smoker that smokes occasionally. And once again, it's a behavior shift. It's a mindset shift. So by giving yourself the permission to change what's going on in between your head. One of the most famous quotes is that the most important, the important yardage on a battlefield is the space between your two ears. So literally that is where all this conversation begins. It begins with you. It begins within your mindset of the two ears that you have and what you give yourself that permission to do and to go ahead and shift the way you view things and the way that that reflects to your authentic self. Does that make sense? I got yes, it. I'm and at Matt. the same Go, go ahead, ahead, Matt. Sorry. At the same time, I could give myself permission to be a non-smoker. With these slips I got in my exactly. bright pocket. Well, to embrace what is your authentic self. So let's say if everybody, all of your viewers and all of your listeners right now are, you know, they're very, yeah, you have very intelligent people and, you know, play a play going on here. So if you were to, if I were to give instructions to everybody that I want you to very forcefully and very firmly, I want you to look into a mirror right now. 
And as forcefully and firmly as you possibly can, I want you to yell in the mirror and I want you to tell yourself to smile back at yourself. Well, that would be the most nonsensical thing you could possibly say. As you are yelling into a mirror for you to smile at yourself, there is no yelling that can change that reflection other than you having to do what? Smile. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, for things to change, you have to change. So that reflection of that authentic self is directly in the mirror. And I state that the mirror is the reflection because where does the reflection come from? It comes from you. So the idea that if you don't like something about yourself and that you see in the mirror, for things to change, you have to change. You have to shift that reflection first, whereas so many of your listeners and people around us tend to say, I'm not going to do this until they do that. (laughs) I'll be happy when. And they've basically just completely removed happiness out of their hands. They've created their own limitations that they are not going to do anything until something else and someone else does it before they do. And then when you look at that true reflection. Isn't that about 75% of society to do that, Gina? I'm not going to do this until they do that, that, or I'm not going to change this until this happens, or I'm not going to buy this until this happens, or uh, I'm not going to do this. It's always, well, not always, but you hear most from most people, they always, like you said, they give it away to somebody else to get a power to somebody else. Yeah. I won't be happy until, like she said. I asked them, how is that working for you? How is that working for you so far? <laughs> and the response is, it's not. Well, how about this one? What? Are, let's let's jump over to the uh, the spiritual, or should I say, the religious sector, uh, whichever one you want to call it. They all they I always hear. I want to get this correct so I don't get in trouble. Um, we're gonna we're gonna give it to the Lord. Um, and we're not going to take it back. We're not going to worry about it anymore. How does that play into that? Well, you know, those are that's very, very powerful. Those are very powerful statements. And so what I offer to you is, now, if we all came from God, we all came from source, we all came from the Lord, well, then that means that source and, and Lord and God is within us because we came from it. So the idea is that we're going to give it away and we're not going to think about it. On one hand, we say that, but on the other hand, we hold on to that ego. And you know what ego actually stands for? Ego stands for edge God out. (laughs) So the idea is, are you just saying it or are you really reflecting it? Does that make sense? Yeah. That, now, that's the powerful part. <laughs> so if I say let go and let God, so once you, what am I doing? Well, the idea of you're here saying let go and let God, and if you're saying that out and everybody's hearing it, what is the rest of the self-talk that you're having between yourself? Are you really going to let go and let God? Once you realize, realize that defending the ego, which stands for edge God out, truly serves no purpose, then you really truly can let go, let God, and give yourself that permission slip to go forth and do what you can take care of in that moment and within what is around you. And perhaps you can't do anything else about anything else 
But let's say your dog is sitting there and you can take your dog for a walk and giving yourself that permission that that is your highest joy right now. You're going to take the dog for a walk. You're going to, you're going to just walk the kids over to the park. It's all about focusing where you are in that now and what you can take care of. Mm-hmm. Because people tend to take their joy and their happiness out of the moment and they look around and they say, I can't be happy about anything until this gets taken care of. And they're truly, if you're here saying let go and let God, then that does not reflect what what your statement is rather than I'm going to let it go and I'm going to be here in this moment and I'm going to spend some time with my dog. I'm going to spend some time with my kids. I'm going to, I'm just going to spend some time with me. And focus on what you're able to do in that moment. Because you never know who you might meet just walking down the street or what flower you may actually stop to smell that rose. And perhaps you're saying, well, that just is so small and that's so trite. Well, what I ask you and present to you is that perhaps if you embrace those small moments, because ultimately it really is the little things that are the big thing. And, and one well, more think, important thing, and one, other, and one other important thing that you didn't say, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. Well, if we want to go ahead and have the conversation about the present, you're absolutely right, because your presence is actually the gift. Your presence today and being in the presence is the present from God, from source, from Yahweh, from whatever your, you know, the idea of God. What I, when I talk to people, I, I focus on taking the dogma out of the religion and even just break it down to the common denominator of, you know, let's go ahead and, and agree that there's a baseline, that there was an infinite intelligence that created all that is that all that is. And how many times have we went to church and when they, and church says to you, beyond all standing, let's pass the peace of God beyond all understanding. Well, Bible and scripture is already telling you it's beyond all understanding. Isn't it pretty egotistical of us then to stop and say, I want to understand this. I need to understand how this works. Rather than the idea of what you said, let go and let God, beyond all understanding, back to the ego, edge God out. That's powerful stuff, Gina. Got Matthew quiet. Well, you know, I look at myself as a vessel. <laughs> I'm the conduit. So if this is touching you and spirit's touching you and it's really hitting home and you're embracing it because it's really speaking to you, that's truly source speaking to you. And I'll take that as an amen. <laughs> and I, I truly, it's a namaste moment, and thank you so much that I can be able to be the conduit because this is bigger than me to be able to offer something to you that you are embracing and remembering, so to Well, speak. I wanted to go back because to we something you said. To... Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier, Gina, about uh, the comment about 20,000 negative statements we make to ourselves in a day. Um, yes. If someone is stuck in negativity about themselves or self-hate, low self-esteem, something like that. What, what do you do with that person? If they come to you and they say, listen, I got a, I got a big problem. I don't like myself. Um, I'm putting myself down every day, I'm making a lot of self-judgments. I'm stuck in that. What, where do you take that person? Well, Interestingly enough, with neuro-linguistic processes and neuro-linguistic programming, there are different techniques, and in what you had just said about that, I don't like myself. One of the techniques is actually called the integration of parts. 
And really, it's you yourself having that conversation with you and identifying. And I, this is one of the things that I work with my clients, and I'm going to go ahead and share this with all of your listeners and yourself as well. And this is a very wonderful cathartic process that all of that basically statements of those, those negatives or uh, self-hating statements, we can get a piece of paper and turn it on the landscape and draw two lines so you have three columns. And the first column, basically you're just going to throw up on that first column, meaning all of the things that you hate about yourself, that you're angry, that's mm-hmm. frustrating you, just everything. Okay. And you can go ahead and you can write it quickly. You know, you don't have to write war and peace. But basically just go ahead and just, Everything that's inside you or floating around your head that you can easily, you don't have to think about, you can just put that in the first column. So okay. that's all the basically the negative, the things that are bringing you dang, down and angering you. Okay. And the second column, that's going to be the, that, that second column is going to be the things that you can embrace that are positive that are going positive for you and, and give yourself four statements of things that you actually like about yourself that you can say it in a positive light. At least so four. in that second column, those are the positive things. Yeah. So okay. the, the positives and you can do that very, very quickly. And this is something you can start doing on a regular basis and, and it should only take a couple of minutes. And then the third column is your blue sky. So right now I have a magic wand. I've got my Gina Poppins wand. So I'm going to say bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, the magic words. And then that third, that third column is your blue sky, where you see yourself. If money's not an issue, and it's, that third column is for something about you, about where do you see yourself in your blue sky situation. It's not a scenario of, well, I want to have enough money to buy three houses and put all my kids or put them through college. This, this one, one column, that is, it's the all about you column. What, if you had your blue sky, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, what do you see yourself doing? Perhaps that's fishing. Perhaps that's maybe you're collecting stamps. Maybe you're learning how to dance or salsa you're going to go ahead and put your blue sky. So now after you finish this, I want you to go ahead and you take a look at the negatives. You take a look at the positives. And then you take a look at that blue sky column. As you start to look at it, there's most likely going to be a very cathartic situation that begins to happen. And that blue sky, perhaps as we talked about, maybe it's photography that, you know, in my highest joy, this is my blue sky, this is what I really want to do, I want to take pictures. You can begin to see and give yourself permission that you don't necessarily have to get rid of everything in the, that first column or accomplish what you, in the second column, the positive. You can truly end up doing some of the things that you are putting off later until now. And now with that sheet of paper that you have your negatives and you've got your, your positives and you've got your blue sky, I want you to literally tear that piece of paper into three parts. That first, that first column would have your negatives. The second column mm-hmm. is your positives. And your third okay. column is your blue sky. And I want you to just, you can get a little, little bowl, a little ceramic bowl. And this is, this is a, you know, sending it out in the universe. Basically, you're just going to take some matches or a lighter and, of course, do this in a safe place <laughs> that you're not going to start a fire. But just by the idea of going ahead and burning those negatives and just sending them out in the universe, that you are just sending them out in the universe. And you're just going to burn that sheet and it's just going to be completely gone and you're going to let that go. And then you're going to do that in the second sheet 
with your positives, and you're sending all the positives out in the universe. And then that third column, being that's what your blue sky, and that's what you're literally sending out in your wonderful quote of let go and let God. As ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the sage is the smoke that carried the messages to the angels and to God on angels' wings. So, very so how often would you, how often, Gina, would you suggest technique. somebody does that? You know, you can do this as often as you need. You can do this on a daily scenario. It might be hourly. You might be at a situation that you just need to purge. But the idea of purging and removing these negatives, now you have tools. Now your listeners have permission slips that they can write to themselves. You have an easy button that you can hit that easy button and say that was easy. And now you have a process that you can literally, being able to purge of all of those things that you just cannot stop that mind from thinking about. I invite yourself and all of the viewers to consistently get it out of your mind, get it on paper, a white sheet of paper and a blue pen. Get it out of your mind, get it on the paper, and assist your mind to quiet itself. Is that helpful? Most definitely. I think it's a good exercise. Gina, we're down to the last 90 seconds. Is that empowering, gentlemen? Yes, most definitely. I was saying we're down to the last 90 seconds of the show, and I want to give you this opportunity to tell our listeners how you can be contacted. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And to all of your listeners, you can contact me, Gina Despito, D as in David, E-S-T-I-T-O. My number here in the U.S. is 949-558-4633. You can email me at theglobalconnector at gmail.com. And you can also contact me via LinkedIn, Skype at Despito at 1111. And you can Google me, Gina Despito. I'm on Facebook, and I, I invite your viewers to please, uh, please reach out and friend me. And you can also contact Lamont and uh, play a play. So thank you so much, gentlemen. Once again, it's been my pleasure. And well, thank you for Namaste joining us, Gina. Godspeed thank to everybody. Thank you, thank you so much, Gina. Thank you. Well, for God those bless. just for those that recently joined us and missed the beginning of the show, uh, please log into worldmovement.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash player or go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and you can hear the beginning of the show. And thank you so very much. Thank you, Matthew. Thank all our listeners. We love you all, and we'll thank see you, you next buddy. week at 2.30. God bless you. Thank you so everywhere. much. All right, bye-bye. Ciao.